0: Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast. Just a quick reminder, if you can, please go wherever you get your podcasts and give us a like and a review of the podcast. It really does help us out if you do. Today, SI's Brian Strauss joins me to talk about Zlatan Ibrahimović in what I call the greatest holy bleep moment in MLS history, Christian Pulisic and Dortmund's 6-0 loss to Bayern Munich, our favorite two-week period of UEFA Champions League starting this week, and the CONCACAF Champions League semifinals involving some of the biggest cities in North America. Onward! All right, let's bring in Brian Strauss from D.C. I'm in New York. Brian, how are you, my man?
1: Hey, man. Um, I'm good. I, uh, I spent the weekend watching uh, televised sports programs, and I had dinner with my mom. Because that is how I roll.
0: That's awesome! Great weekend for sports. Obviously, uh, some soccer stuff that we'll get to here, led by Zlatan Ibrahimovic in his LA Galaxy debut for the ages. But also, I really enjoyed watching the women's final four. Three great games, uh, just amazing finishes. Uh, do you get
1: an itch this time of year? I mean, you're 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 a basketball writer too, or at least you were. Do you, do you feel a little? You feel like a, like you have a missing limb or something like that at, during Final Four weekend?
0: A little bit, a little bit. Uh, as some of you may know, in my previous life, I covered college basketball for Sports Illustrated for over a decade, and uh, my last Final Four was actually 10 years ago exactly in San Antonio, the site of the current Final Four, where Kansas won the title in 2008, and this was the team I grew up with, and the cover... Of that issue of Kansas winning uh, for Sports Illustrated, a big blow up of it is in the garage of my parents' uh, house uh, in Arizona. And uh, it's kind of a cool thing. That was how I went out.
1: Someday I'm gonna owner. have to do a chart. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I live in D.C., I'm from D.C. I, 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 I went to school on the East Coast. Very much my family's all from the East Coast. I'm very much an East Coast person. And yet somehow throughout my career, I have worked with, worked for so many Kansas fans and so many, I don't understand the, 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 the Kansas basketball, uh, diaspora and, 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 and I keep running into you people. And at some point I need to make a list of just how many there have been because throughout my life, throughout my career, I've had to interface and deal with rabid kansas basketball fans we're everywhere it's i'm, uh, so, I'm sorry if you're stinging from the loss to a uh, yeah to
0: that, that was tough but you know it's a bit of a cult uh kansas basketball fans but it is a diaspora as well as a cult um i also spent the weekend doing my russian visa application
1: for the world cup well it makes one of us
0: um and It's kind of amusing because I – first off, let me say this. I'm sure that if you're applying for a visa to come to the U.S., you have to jump through a million hoops, and I get it. But it is kind of amusing to fill out the Russian Federation visa application where they ask you to name every country you have visited in the last 10 years and the dates you were there. Oh,
1: the dates? Oh, I'm screwed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. I've been to a lot of countries in the last 10 years covering soccer, you know, and so – I get to Panama. It's an alphabetical order, which is you know a bunch of countries in, and then it, it, the Russian Federation website stops, won't take any more countries, and so,
1: you broke the website.
0: I, I didn't break it. The website broke itself, but wow. it's uh, it's not equipped to handle. You know, it, may, it asks the question, but then it can't handle
1: the answer. They're not asking. They're not asking for DNA, are they? Oh shit! They're not asking for browser history, are they? <laughs> No, that's the U.S. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. Cause then, cause then, guess what, man? You're covering the World Cup by yourself. Good I, I, I am.
0: Much. I am sort of hoping the Russians uh, don't check my Twitter feed uh, when they're deciding whether to give me a visa or not. Um, lots to talk about here from a very memorable weekend, soccer-wise as well. And uh, we both watched lots on Ibrahimovic's debut for the LA Galaxy. Uh, and, you know, I, I wrote this the other day. You wrote something for SI.com. We have this recency bias, especially in sports, I think, where we see something and we want to say it's like the greatest thing ever, blah, blah, blah. And it's usually when that's said, uh, kind of a, a disgraceful uh, situation where, you know, real history is being neglected or not addressed. And MLS has history. You and I both know this. Uh, We've followed this league since it started, and yet for Ibrahimovic to come on in a rivalry game on national television against LAFC uh, after his team had been down 3-0 in the second half and in his debut score the final two goals to win for LA Galaxy 4-3 and to have the first goal beef, this 40, 45 yard.
1: It, it had to be a vintage Zlatan goal. for it, Zlatan for it to be yeah.
0: goal yeah. and then stoppage time header that ended up being on side, by the way, for anyone who is pointing out that it wasn't. Um, for me, the the greatest holy shit moment in MLS history, Brian, and we can have a discussion about this, but it was a really special thing. And would you go so far as to say greatest holy shit moment in MLS history?
1: If you're gonna define it like that, then maybe I would. I mean, I'm still gonna. If it was purely greatest moment, uh, if it was purely a guy, I mean, it just depends on how you define it. But I, I'm still gonna have a preference for for goals and moments that won titles, that won championships. So Eddie Pope in the Nor'easter. Um, you know uh Robbie Keane in overtime, Dwayne De Rosario in overtime, you know, beautiful goals that win cups are always going to be uh it's you, you can't get bigger or better than that in the sport. So for me in MLS history, those goals are going to take um precedence. But on a purely holy shit, did I just see that? What is happening here? Everything I thought I knew and believed has been, you know, reduced to rubble yeah it was it was amazing and and like i said if it had been a penalty kick or a goal mouth scramble or something like that but for him to score uh, something of that sort of spectacular audaciousness um you know certainly certainly the most memorable holy shit wonderful astounding bring you to your feet regular season moment in mls history um maybe top five all time But, uh, you know, it's still a, what month is it? April, May, March, in the middle. So it's still a March, April, uh, you know, regular season game in the end. Um, You know, if he, if he, if L.A. misses the playoffs or finishes, you know, finishes fifth and goes out in the first round and Zlatan ends up with 12 goals this year, um, you know, maybe it, maybe it's not uh, at that same level. But um, yeah, a wonderful day, a wonderful moment. Um, and he's going to be a ton of fun.
0: I mean, here's what I would say is I, I totally get significance. You know, when you say the word great, which is often
1: overused. I don't even know what it means. Yeah, um,
0: Like overall significance, this isn't at the top for me. But I've never let out a sound watching an MLS game like the sound I let out.
1: Can when you, the 40 you goal, can you replicate that sound?
0: This is a little like asking Andres Contour to just on cue do his goal thing.
1: But but I mean, but like, was which it he refuses himself? to do, by the way. <laughs> was it a was it a was it like a squeal? What what what, what was it a was it, it like a bramp? Like what what was
0: it? It was more. I can't. I just can't recreate it. I, I'm sorry. I, it's. I. It was more of. A, a an involuntary guttural, um, it, not even like a scream, it, but like it, it. This thing leaped out of my chest, Brian. I, I'm I'm actually not exaggerating here. It was almost the equivalent verbally of like a horror movie when, you know, like aliens or something. When the the alien comes out of the, the dude's body. You know, that's what that sound was coming out of me.
1: That's gross, man.
0: I really enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> I love that sports can still bring that out of me. Well, it's your fault for not expecting it,
1: right? I mean, we should have known that this was a <laughs> you know. I mean, it, it, it was, you know, the, the the lion wrote it in the stars. I mean, we should have known. The funny thing is, is I, I showed... Um, so it was Lata on the day he signed, he, he, he tweeted out that picture of himself dressed in white robes, arm wrestling the devil, right. because he just had that queued up and ready to go. Um, I'm wondering like what, what other artwork of himself he has ready. But anyway, we talked last week about how you spent the week with Iceland, and I sp- spent the week with Mexico, and sort of the timing just kind of worked out. So that tweet hit, and I was kind of giggly about it and I showed that tweet on my phone to Carlos Vela, who was sitting two chairs away from me. (laughs) And I, and I showed him this like he's coming and Vela had like rolled his eyes and had a little laugh and whatever. Um, and so of course, you know, then they had the, and and Vela was, Vela was astonishing. I mean, in, 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 in the first half of that game, he was fantastic. uh, Yeah. And then obviously, uh, you know, we all saw what happened and we all, shrieked or bellowed or, or whatever it was that you did
0: yeah um just a a, a really entertaining game nobody's ever going to say it was the best played game of all time or the game of the greatest significance in mls history but i don't want to undersell just how, me- yep. how memorable how entertaining yep. this game was and it's funny because it came right after um on, also on Big Fox they had shown Bayern Munich destroying Dortmund six nothing and it was five nothing at half
1: Just destroying destroying is almost under <laughs> is almost underselling what that was
0: yeah and, and and so here's what I would say is nobody's gonna say that MLS is a better league than the Bundesliga and yet that was a heck of a lot more entertaining game the MLS game. Than the Bundesliga game where, you know, you and I had said let's watch both games and and talk about them, and for the the Dortmund Bayern game, sort of keep an eye on on talking about Pulisic and and he did get the start in the game, and um, it, you know, and yet the takeaway was was that this was a game very symbolic of the Bundesliga and its entire season and last few seasons, yep. which is Bayern being so much freaking better than everybody else, and that's not Bayern's fault, but it doesn't make for the most entertaining of games.
1: There, I have. I was thinking as I was watching the Byron game. I have. I have some memories of opportunities I had, obviously when I was much younger, to play, even informally with with really really good players and and pro players, and and now and then when I'd had the opportunity, and and there when you're playing against. Someone who is so physically superior, someone who, who is an athlete at a different level, and you can't move them and you can't take the ball off them and you bounce off them. Um, that is a strange feeling to have when you when you feel like you're going up against someone of a different species who, who, who has a wake almost that you just that you just bounce off of. you know it's, it, it's, 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 it's like laws of physics shit going on. Um, you know they are they're they have a core strength that you can't seem to get around or get through. Um, and I remember this feeling and sort of how um, humbling it is. That was the entire first half of that game. Like you saw, you saw Dortmund. These these guys play for Brucia Dortmund, you know. And you saw, um, you know, th- their outside backs. You know, you 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 saw, you know, Castro and Dahoud in midfield like bouncing off Bayern players. <laughs> you know or Hamas Rodriguez moving with the ball and like he had he had like deflect your shields around him um, Frank Ribery running over guys like it just it literally looked like men against boys you know and and that's a cliche but in this case the physical superiority the the momentum was was almost scary to watch and it brought back these memories of feeling like you're going up against giants, of feeling like you're going up against, you know, NFL linebackers on a <laughs> soccer field. Um, it was, it was, and look, and, and even not only did I feel like I was watching something like it was cringe-inducing, but some of the Dortmund, but the some of the Bayern guys afterwards, I think Mats Hummels like expressed sympathy. Um, <laughs> Thomas Muller, um, you know, was like, I, one can only hope Dortmund gets back to their old selves. We feel bad, you know. Um, we need, we need better teams. We need good opponents. Um, it's, it's a brutally rough paraphrase, but it was, it was really ugly. And so as we've talked about, I mean, are there, are there missed passes in MLS? Yeah. I mean, is the defending, you know, a a little sloppy or haphazard sometimes? Sure. But at least I turn on an MLS game, not knowing what's going to happen. Um, and maybe nothing happens, but you know, maybe something does, maybe, maybe something amazing. Um, so there is something to that.
0: Yeah, I tweeted out at one point uh, that day that uh, MLS has a ways to go, obviously. But if the day does come someday when MLS has as many world-class players in their primes as the top European leagues, I think it's going to be a selling point for MLS that it's a more competitive league than what we're seeing this year and for many years now with most of the top European leagues. Now, obviously Italy has a good race or a pretty good race this season, but we aren't seeing that in England. We're not seeing that in Germany. We're not seeing that in Spain and we almost never do. And so, uh, obviously MLS needs to worry about being the best league in its continent before it can be one of the best leagues in in the world. And we'll get to CCL in a little bit here, by the way. Um, but, uh, I, I, I just was bummed out watching this game the other day from Germany. I, I, what I re- seem to remember in my mind is like, oh, Pulisic had a good run and good cross early in the game. And I'm like, okay, here we go. This is going to be like that that Dortmund game uh, in uh, the the DFB-Pokal there last year where they went to uh, Bayern in the semis and eliminated them. And I'm like, they can, they can hang with them. And then I look up and it's 5-0.
1: Yeah, Pulisic had two or three nice runs um, with the ball, uh, you know, broken up by periods of 15 minutes where he didn't touch it. You you know, Um, it was it was, uh, you know, I felt bad for him. I was frustrated. Like I said, it was just you you empathized. It was frustrating to watch. It was a beat down. And I think what you said about the races, I'm I'm more convinced now than ever, especially we're watching the NCA tournament and we, we talked last week about cup competitions and we, we sort of talked we you know upsets and, and unpredictability and whatever the the, the 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 power imbalance in the European leagues makes me sort of more certain than ever that that Leicester City is <laughs> is the most incredible thing to happen in sports history. It's not close. It'll because they were they were they were Loyola for 10 months. Right. It's incredible. For 10 months. Yeah. You know, not for, not for four games, for 10 months. And we'll never see it again, and we'll never see anything like it. Um, and it is a, you know, you, you sort of just have to wax nostalgic about it while watching blowouts like this. You know, I was saying to you before we got on, you know, I was like, oh, what's going on? In Manchester City, Everton, you know, because it was happening at the same time as the Dortmund game, and oh, you know, they're up four nothing at kickoff. Great, um, good <laughs> times. So, you know, you you it, it's like when I go back, you know, at some point during the middle of every NFL season, and I go back and watch highlights of John Riggins and Doug Williams because I have nothing else to make myself feel good. It's it, it's essentially that with Leicester City. Until there's a real overhaul in European soccer and then we find ways to make these these leagues or these games or these clubs more competitive.
0: I think we've almost downgraded Leicester City's achievement the last couple of years. Weren't they supposed to make like a Hollywood movie out of this and out of Jamie Vardy's life? And nothing's happening in that realm. Why not?
1: I don't know. Like what? there's no statute of limitations.
0: I guess. I, I just I feel – You
1: can't make a soccer they, – they turned Fever Pitch into a baseball movie. I don't think you can make <laughs> – if you make a soccer movie, the only soccer movies that they've made in this country recently starred Will Ferrell and Rodney Dangerfield. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. I liked um, I liked the movie with um, – I can never remember actors' names, ever. Um, oh, now I do. Uh, Robert Duvall, where he was the, the manager of the small Scottish team that went on the run through the Scottish Cup. And for some reason um, – I haven't seen Batman it. Batman was in it and – uh, the, they had an American goalie, of course, and they, I think the goalie had gone to Dartmouth, which is cool because um, my dad went to Dartmouth. And um, when I was in high school, uh, Bobby Clark gave me a, a Dartmouth t-shirt, soccer t-shirt, um, in lieu of having any interest in me coming to play there. And <laughs> um, <laughs> a pat on the head. Yes, apparently. yes. Nice to meet you, person <laughs> whose name I've already forgotten. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that was a good soccer movie. But other than that, right, They're not. I don't see them doing it. But it was amazing. It was amazing, and and for some reason, the, the, these lopsided races, and then sort of again watching the, the the watching the NCA tournament and talking about the upsets and being within, you know, you I, I don't know that I'd call you UMBC is close enough. I mean, it's 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 in between DC and Baltimore, closer to Baltimore, but it's it's within the 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 the, the large metro area here, so got lots of coverage and. And it just made me think about how improbable and amazing that was, and we may never see it again.
0: I will say it's nice in a World Cup year, just like clockwork to see Thomas Mueller and James Rodriguez start playing amazing. Yes, thank well you for again. mentioning
1: ha- Yes, yes. It was nice to see him <laughs> in a group. Yeah. <laughs> He's back.
0: But yeah, Bayern's amazing right now. And and I think if you've been watching Bayern Uh, all season long. And I've been watching Bayern. I've been watching Dortmund, unfortunately. Their defending (laughs) has just been brutal the entire freaking season. And You're kind of like, can't you guys fix this? Um, But Bayern in Champions League, UEFA Champions League, this week against Sevilla got a pretty favorable draw. I think they're going to show everyone uh, that... Man United losing to Sevilla was actually should be more embarrassing than it even was. Uh, I think Byron's gonna just destroy Sevilla, the way they're playing right now. But you look at these quarterfinals, and this is actually my favorite two week period in all of Champions League and UEFA. Um, just because there's so many games with high stakes with real
1: quality teams, uh, this is when they finally start playing each other, right? I mean, yeah. this is. It's that moment where they can't avoid each other anymore, so I agree. We're looking at Liverpool-Manchester
0: City. We're looking at Bayern Munich-Sevilla. We're looking at Barcelona-Roma, and we're looking at Real Madrid-Juventus. Some pretty great matchups here. Are there any that stand out to you among the rest?
1: Um, Yeah, Madrid-Juve, just just because of the of the iconic status of their, of their sort of both teams have such an incredible clutch gene, you know, that, that, that in, in knockout competition in you know, over two legs, these are the teams that always score the stoppage time goal that always get the call, um, you know, that always have that twist of fate or that moment sort of fall in their favor or they will it uh, to fall in their favor. I mean, if you were to ask me sort of which two sports teams in the world, um, have the other than the Penguins when they play the Caps, but which two sports teams in the world have the most sort of, you know, blue blood, old school, entrenched, encultured, you know, ability to master the moment? It's it's Madrid and Juventus. So so you know one of them has to go down, and I find that I, I find that intriguing. I, I like I agree. I think I don't think I don't think United um, losing to Sevilla is an embarrassment i I, I think united is in transition as we've talked about on this on this pod and and sevilla is a good la liga team and la liga is a good league so um but yeah i mean i think Bayern, uh, barcelona and manchester city are probably pretty heavy favorites to 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 go through even if they may be challenged um so for me sort of you know who, who can who's more clutch madrid or juve is is what i'm interested in watching
0: the one that stands out to me the most is liverpool man city because um, there could be 38 goals. <laughs> because I can't wait for this. And and obviously Liverpool has beaten Man City this year uh, in a terrific 4-3 game in January, gave City its first loss in the league. Uh, so clearly they're capable of beating them, but also they're clearly capable, we know Liverpool now, of not defending very well. And this brings back uh, our our list of our, our favorite team that we came up with before of bad players, bad on, good players teams, on good teams, <laughs> Dejan Lovren. Um, and I think that could be a real issue here uh, for Liverpool, but they do have a home game in the first one against cities and we'll see what what they can do. I mean, obviously Mohamed Salah is out of his mind right now, but the entire Liverpool attack has been uh, terrific. And so, that's the one that really stands out to me uh, among all of these in, in terms of entertainment. Uh, Real Madrid-Juventus is, is going to be great, I think. Uh, I would say that there seems like there's this conventional wisdom out there that because Real Madrid beat PSG, that suddenly that means they're going to win Champions League again. And I don't get that. Um, Real Madrid's you know on pretty good form lately, but they've had a pretty poor season. To the point that Zidane's likely not to be the manager again next season. And I think Juventus should be the favorite here.
1: Yeah, there's just something about Madrid and in knockout competition. That's what I mean. I mean, it's there's just something there's something, you know, Sergio Ramos, you know, <laughs> scores the ninety-eighth minute, you know, stoppage time goal instead of getting a red card. You know, I mean, that's just there's something about this team and that history and that that I don't know, like That institutional arrogance that somehow is able to manifest itself on a soccer field, and it just happens. I mean, and 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 conversely, it's when was the last time a a team? It's easy enough to look up, but when was the last time a a first timer won the Champions League? um, I don't Marseille. You know how how long has it been since a team won the tournament for the first time? And we've seen Paris Saint Germain sort of butt its head up against that that. That blue blood glass ceiling and not be able to. Br- oh, Chelsea, duh! It just it, it yeah. happened a lot more recently. Chelsea, but that but that took you know an absurd amount of investment and all that kinds of things. And, and maybe and maybe that was the first team that had done it in in twenty years. So it's still rare, but it'll it's interesting to see if if Manchester City can now sort of finally take this last step that a lot of these nouveau riche teams have had trouble doing so um that's another storyline here they they shouldn't be cowed by liverpool even though they lost to them in january this is a team they're familiar with they don't have to go to the comp new the bernabeo whatever juventus's stadium is called you know they they you know that'll be for the semis when they have to sort of do a real european night at a real european blue blood and and see if uh if as good as they are if a new team can sort of hack it so yeah i agree that this this stage of the Champions League is awesome. I think the group stage has become mostly perfunctory at this point because they again there's just you know six or seven super clubs that no one else can touch. Uh, but they you know they can't avoid each other here. This is this is like in the NCAA tournament. You know, Villanova and Kansas had to play each other, and and um, you know it'll be uh, it'll be interesting.
0: My one wish is that there weren't multiple games happening at the same time.
1: Yeah, this is like your 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 red zone. You're, you, know? you're, right? you want your red zone. Well, no, that was for qualifying. You want, you want red zone for qualifying. Yes. Yeah, yes. but why don't they do? Why don't they stagger the, the times? I
0: think they might actually start doing that next year, I heard. but um,
1: There are games in Spain that start at 10 o'clock at night. Like No, they do I this. know.
0: I know. Yeah. Um, but I always watch the, the games because I want to see both of them at the same time. I always go to my local soccer bar, Smithfield, on 25th Street in New York, Uh, And that's where I'll be uh, this week as well. In fact, I will be there not just for UEFA Champions League. I will be there at least on Tuesday night for CONCACAF Champions League, my friend, because we are at the semifinal stage and it's actually getting pretty exciting here. You've got uh, two MLS teams going up against the two most storied clubs in Mexico, America and Chivas. So you've got Chivas, New York Red Bulls in one semifinal You've got America, Toronto two, in the other, and I can't wait. Two big market,
1: two big market MLS teams. Too. This is with all due respect. This is not Montreal or Salt Lake. I mean, these are these are the biggest markets in the two countries that comprise MLS. Going up against, like you said, the two most uh, the two most famous clubs in Mexico. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's as big time as it gets in this part of the world.
0: And I think it's it's a a, a real opportunity for MLS. What we've seen so far, I think is, you know, I've been watching these games on Univision Deportes in Spanish and if you watch not just the games but the talk shows on Univision around these games uh, there's a lot of discussion about whether MLS is finally finally, finally closing the gap and uh, and there's respect now, at least in most quarters, from people who tend to follow Mexico more than MLS um, that those quarterfinals were pretty good. And for MLS to win 2 out of 3 matchups against Liga MX teams, uh, it's not an MLS team winning the tournament yet, and I think that's obviously still very important, but that was a, a real important achievement for MLS.
1: Yeah, Toronto beating Tigres certainly was um, w- was an eye opener. But we've talked about this. I mean, it's it's got to it's not enough. I mean, you, you to me, you don't start having a gap-closing conversation until MLS teams are beating Mexican teams, you know, half the time and until MLS teams are threatening to and winning the competition. So we're, we're in a rush, you know, you talked about recency bias. There's also the rush to, to, to establish new, new, new paradigms or new levels or, you know, to, to, to make declarations. And I, and I just don't, you know, we're not, regardless of what happens, um, even if Toronto and the Red Bulls both advance and even if, you know, then obviously an MLS team will have won the tournament. We're still not having the gap closing conversation because <laughs> it's one time, you know. So, you know, when it's when it happens two, three, four times, then we have the conversation and you're just going to have to wait for that call. Like it's just not going to it's not going to get written this week.
0: But here's what yeah. I will say is but you and big. I it's you big. and I are talking about CONCACAF Champions League at this time of year for the first time in a long time. I think we might like actually this podcast hasn't been around that long, but, <laughs> but reality, you know, look, I mean like how many times has an MLS team made the final in the, in the actual CONCACAF champions league era twice Uh with Montreal and Salt Lake yep. and,
1: um, and, and and Salt Lake and Salt Lake could have, should have won. They, you know, they, they, they had the chances um, you know, if, if I don't, if I recall, Becker, Kyle Beckerman was bogusly suspended for the second leg, um, in Salt Lake, uh, in 2011, they had their chances. Um, but again, like, as we've discussed that they had a, they had a favorable draw. Um, they were, and, 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 and there were questions about whether or not that was a flash in the pan run. Um, you know, is salt, Israel, Salt Lake, a team that can sustain a challenge over seasons, over years, uh, at a level like that. Um, I guess we'll find out they're sort of in the middle or toward the end of a rebuild now, but Toronto and the Red Bulls have sort of clear direction, clear philosophies. Um, they, they, they have shown themselves to be sustainable contenders. Um, and, and, you know, with good coaches, with plans, uh, with resources, although allocated different ways, still obvious resources. Um, and you would like to think that they can, can, you know, with whatever happens in the next month, you know, can be back again and again and, 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 and be a threat in this competition. So, um, you know, that, that to me is the difference is when we start seeing these teams knocking on the door and knocking it down over and over and over again, it's not enough. If, 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 if Toronto or the Red Bulls wins this thing and then and then Mexican teams win the next twelve or whatever it's been in a row, then it doesn't it doesn't really mean much. So there there has to be we're not having the gap closing conversation yet. We're just gonna <laughs> we're just look this is the, this is the lesson of Zlatan. Let's just enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. It's gonna be fun to watch. You'll be at Smithfield surrounded by your admirers. I will be on my couch in my boxers eating an apple and we will enjoy the matches. And let it fall where they may and not be in a rush to sort of draw conclusions. I, I mean, within, within 30 seconds is Latan's goal. I got a, I got a well, it looks like his extended vacation is off to a good start text. You know, it's <laughs> like no one can enjoy anything, like, everything sucks. Um, Basically, stay off
0: social media, I think is so, the best I way to do go. Just text back, from things. a friend.
1: And stay um, off your phone, I guess. I don't know. I guess. All, yeah, throw it out the window. So I'm going to enjoy the CCL games. I'm going to enjoy the Champions League games. Um, and, uh, and, you know, save the hot takes for another time.
0: I will say this, and I'm just going to put this out there. If you live in New York or in the surrounding area, uh, May 1st is the day my book comes out, but it's also the night that we will have a book release party at Smithfield that is open to the public. Uh, you do have to buy your own beer, but um, uh, please come. I think it'll be fun. I'll be there. I might do a, a reading of some sort uh, from Masters of Modern Soccer, which you can order or pre-order now. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. Maybe you can get you up here, man.
1: I would love to. That'd be awesome. And and I, uh, I, I showed both... Um, uh, I showed the book to to both Osorio and Chicharito in in San Jose, and they were genuinely excited. Like like Chicharito, like ripped it out of my hands and was like looking through it. So um, I did
0: send it, him his own copy. Uh, both if it of excites those. Excites
1: Chicharito. It should excite everybody.
0: There is uh, a chapter on Chicharito with a big role by Osorio as well. So um, so yeah, thanks for doing that. Appreciate you showing.
1: And to. and 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 if you live in the DC area, uh, you are welcome. Um, to come by my apartment. <laughs> sit the, sit, sit, on me. sit with me while I'm uh on my couch in my boxers eating an apple and, and, and watch Champions League with me. There will be no party. There is no beer. Um, but please, please come by.
0: I think you just got a new text from the uh, D.C. police uh, a second ago there. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a great way to end this episode Let's of the Planet-, this short, yeah. <laughs> the Planet Football Podcast. Have a good week, man. All right, later. Thanks for listening to the Planet Football Podcast. I'd like to thank Brian Strauss, as well as everyone at Cadence 13 and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Please, if you like the pod, tell your friends, subscribe, like, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help the cause if you do. And check out the 30-Minute Planet Football video show hosted by me and Luis Miguel Echegaray on SITV. That's available on Amazon and starting this week, FuboTV. Recent guests include Chris Klein, Colin Udo, John Sutcliffe, and Julie Ertz. See you next time. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? The number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized
1: podcast, giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just
0: search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast, Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.